Also, the Rebbe says that he, he, he was very specific, not rain like this, not rain like that, yeah, on yeah, this yeah. exact thing. That's the that's difference between, between vision and dreaming. Vision is you know what you're asking for. Yeah. Okay, what we said to on fire was that sorry, we're on page Chavav, in the middle of a Sicha, in the first section of this Sicha, the Rebbe spoke about how, um, um, in the first Sicha, this Fabrengen, that we spoke about the emphasis in in the parsha's para uh, about joy, and because the parsha it, it precedes Pesach, which is a complete redemption. And in the second talk of this febrengen, that we spoke about how the word chuka means essence, and the essence of something. The meaning of the word essence is that it's it's the very core, and. The uh, Medrash highlighting that only Jewish people are able to celebrate uh, Passover because only they are the ones who suffered. And the Medrash brings this verse, the heart knows uh, its bitterness and therefore only the heart can rejoice. So, so the, the, the uh, place where the joy and the pain happen is in the heart and the heart alone. The heart knows the bitterness of its soul, and in its joy, no stranger can 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 mix in there. Even the mind, Rebbe says, doesn't doesn't uh, have the ability to be in the place of joy of the heart. So, the exclusivity of the Egyptians from the joy of of the carbon uh, Pesach also mirrors this idea of the uh, of the essence of the neshama, and. On that note, the uh, Rebbe begins to contrast the holiday of or Parshas Achedesh and Parshas Para, and how come in both Parshas Para and Parshas Achedesh we use the word choik, which means engraving, and we said engraving has to do with essence because when you grave something in paper and we grave something in stone, the letters in the stone are are of the, made of the letters, are nothing other than the stone itself, and so to Parshas HaChodesh uh, 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 talks about the midst of the Karim Pesach, and it also says, this is the choik of the Pesach, this is the engraving, so to speak, of the Pesach. When you use the word engraving, you're talking about something which is part and parcel of the item that's being engraved upon. So, so what's the difference between Pesach and HaChodesh, I'm sorry, Parshas HaChodesh and Parshas Para, both Parshas Para and Parshas HaChodesh, uh, use the word chayk, use the word engraving. So if, if Parshas Parah is about essence, Parshas Achayi should also be about essence. And yet, uh, there's something unique about Parshas Parah. And the question is, what is unique about Parshas Parah? And how come we only associate Parshas Parah with the essence of the Nisham, not Parshas Achayi? As we learned yesterday, that our Rebbein would always speak about the holiday that they were in as if that was the greatest holiday, because... There is something that each holiday has, no other holiday has. And on that holiday, the virtue of each holiday is highlighted in heaven. So if we're at the Parshas Parah, we have to speak about how Parshas Parah has something unique that surpasses the Parshas Achedes. The question is, what is it if both Parshas Parah and Parshas Achedes use the word Choyk, and Choyk means engraving, which, which resembles the idea of the essence, 
What's unique about Parshas Par? The virtue of Parshas Para and how that surpasses the words in the Torah. This is the Choyk of Pesach. Many my Morim on Parshas Par talk about this. Also says in very brief words in his notes on Kutatera, he also highlights the unique quality of Parshas Para. What he says is, look in the Medrash in Parshas Bay in, in chapter nineteen, you'll see what's unique about Parshas Para. So after the Medish quotes what we discussed till now, how the Egyptians can't possibly celebrate the holiday of Pesach, only we who suffered know what that joy is about. Isa, then the Medish continues and says, Let my heart be sincere, let my heart be whole in your mitzvahs. The, the word chukecha, your laws, refers to both the carbon Pesach and the carbon of the Paraduma. Concerning both, the Torah uses the word chayk, which means law, and again, it means engraving. Lama, sheshneim daimon zelazeh, because they are both similar to each other. Regarding the mitzvah of the Paschal Lamb, the Torah says this is the law of the Paschal Lamb. And regarding the law of the Paraduma, it says also this is the law of the Torah. You don't know which one is greater than the other. You see two people walking together. Two, uh, not just people, two, um, two noble women walking together. While they walk together, you can't tell which one is greater. You know that the one who her friend accompanies her to her door is the greater one. So the carbon Pesach has the word chukah in it. The, the paradum also has the word chukah in it. Which one is greater? The para duma is greater. Why is it greater? Because those who eat of the carbon pesach need the para duma. And since they need the para duma, that means that the para duma is greater than the carbon pesach. And that's the reason why we read parshas para before parshas achedish. Parshas achedish is carbon pesach. Parshas achedish talks about the actual paschal lamb. But in order to get the Paschal Lamb, you have to first have the red heifer. So, therefore, we read the red heifer before Pashas Achidish, because you cannot get to Pashas Achidish without first having the purity of the red heifer. And so, since the choik element in the Paraduma is higher than the choik element in Pashas, in Korban Pesach, because, and how is it, why is that so? Why is a choyk element in Paraduma greater than the one in Karam Pesach? It must be it's higher, as Mendes says. But the question is why. The answer is that when it says that Karam Pesach is called a choyk, which choyk, besides the word engraving and besides the word law, choyk means something which is super rational. 
the mitzvah of the Paschal Lamb has a reason. The reason is we offer this sacrifice to thank Hashem for saving us when He destroyed all the Egyptians. So there's a reason why we do it. It's not super rational. The various details of the Paschal Lamb can't be explained. They, we don't know why Hashem says it has to be roasted or why it has to be on a spit or why... But we do know the general theme of the mitzvah. We know the reason. Ha- so isn't the idea of choik apply also to other mitzvahs? We have no idea. Tumor. It can be rationalized tumor. Where you see it, you can feel it, but it's not... I mean, yeah, you put the specs to it. In general, the, the, the Ramam says that the laws of purity are, are laws that are, are super rational. There is, within super-rational itself, there are different levels. That's why, part, that's why Shomam al said only about Paraduma. I don't know what this means. But even but in general, though, what they're saying about Karim Pesach is true from Mishpatim as well. All those rational laws, uh, they're only, ra- only the general theme is rational. The details of, of those laws <coughs> are also super-rational. Super so that's what I'm asking. Is the other super-rational mitzvahs included in this example of Poro and the ones that are not super-rational, are Mishpatim applying? There is a choik ele- element in every mitzvah, and there's a mishpat element in every mitzvah. Um, but what's no part also has a mishpat not really relevant for, for today. But basically, the the, the, the mishpat element in paraduma is that there is a reason that Hashem has for it as well. Right. There's this reason is is in the world of atzilus, not a reason that has come down to, to human logic. But that, but you know, there's a reason for it. <coughs> the choik element of every mitzvah is that's the will of Hashem. So will of Hashem, every mitzvah starts by being, it's not that Hashem first has a reason, Hashem first has a reason, then he, has, and then he says, them, I want to give you a mitzvah. First Hashem has a desire for a mitzvah, and then Hashem desires about some mitzvahs, they should descend to logic. And this itself, that Hashem desires that some mitzvahs should go down to logic, is also super rational. We don't know why Hashem decided that some mitzvahs should go down to logic. Well, there's no first, there's no second. There is, the first is the desire of Hashem. Is there a first and a second by Hashem? The, the, the desire is a higher level than logic. Oh, okay. So it begins with the desire of Hashem, and then Hashem desires some mitzvahs, they should go down to the level of Atzilus, their logic, some mitzvahs, they should go down to the level of Bria. So, Eziyot, Ubiyar, Edvar, Megil, Yenayinu, Ha'atzish, Abachukah, Meshotzad, and Asa, Simchas, Alev, Levi, there, Simchas, Alevzar. We're talking about the joy of the Parshas Parah. And we're talking about the connection between the idea of essence and joy. There would seem to be an advantage a Parshas HaChedesh has that surpasses Parshas Parra. What's Paradum about? Paradum is, is about being pure from touching a dead body. Paradum is about purifying yourself from something which is the opposite of purity. All it is is just a prelude to get ready for Karim Pesach. But the Karim Pesach, that's about the redemption itself. And the Karim Pesach is connected not just with the Geula, redemption from Egypt, but also with the true and complete Geula, when Mashiach will come, when all impurity will be, be removed from the world. So if Parshas HaChodesh, which talks about the Paschal Lamb, is associated with the redemption, Itself, not just the preparation to bring the Paschal Lamb, but the actual Paschal Lamb itself, the actual holiday of Pesach itself, what's a more joyous celebration? Parshas HaChedesh would seem to be far more joyous than Parshas Parah, which is just about getting out of the impurity. And nevertheless, 
Yet, we emphasize as a virtual Parshas Hapara that surpasses the Karim Pesach. And because it brings us to the virtual Karim Pesach, it actually is greater than Karim Pesach, as we shall see. Understand by first prefacing the whole idea of Golos. It says that only through Golos can we reach the revelation of the coming Mashiach. The previous Rebbe said that when Mashiach will come, we're going to grab our heads and say, we're going to scream, how come we didn't use the time of Golas properly? We're going to realize the power of, of what we could do during the time of exile. And we're going to literally grab our heads and scream, what did we do? Why are we wasting our time? Why didn't we do this? That's what the previous Rebbe said, but it would seem that the opposite makes sense. Mashiach will come, we could do so much more. In the time of exile, there is a doubled and quadruple darkness. As we learned, a quadruple darkness means you don't even know you're in the dark. There's so many worries people have about earning a livelihood and other things that prevent them from being their best selves. If Mashiach comes, it's going to be so much abundance, and all delicacies will be considered like dust, and we ought to focus on Torah completely, and our whole occupation will just be to know Hashem. So why does the previous Rebbe say that we're going to be so upset after Mashiach comes, because we couldn't accomplish what we couldn't go? So what do you mean, Mashiach comes, we'll take the Bava Basra, and we're going to have a whole different experience of Baba Basra we could possibly have today. Today, our Baba Basra is confused and confused with the thoughts about the IRS and uh, what's happening tomorrow and what's for breakfast and what's for dinner. And by the time we're finishing, huh? is it about the Teufel, the Spaß, or is it about letting go of the uh, the of Parnassa? The Torah was only given to those who who ate man. The Gemara says only those who ate man could properly focus on on Torah. So Mashiach comes because we'll have so much abundance, we'll be able to focus completely on Torah. Since we're able to focus without any worries whatsoever. So if we have so much, so much abundance, so why are we saying that only we study turn in the exile? Ah, we're going to be wasting the time of exile. What's good, good, good about the exile? But the explanation is, It's specifically through our service of Hashem during the time of the exile that we draw down God's essence. It's specifically during the time of the exile, when there is a great darkness, that we're able to break the darkness and get and connect to God's essence. Okay, that doesn't explain over here exactly why that's true. And there's another long, long talk of the Rebbe on Parshas Shmini that does explain this, and uh, very deep. Uh, I'll just say one one point of this of this um, of this idea. Why is it that through the exile specifically? We're able to draw down God's essence. What does that mean? The Chayra, it would seem the reason you draw down Hashem when you do a mitzvah is because the mitzvah said the will and the wisdom of Hashem. But the Azra says in the beginning of chapter 37 in Tanya that B.S. Mashiach and the resurrection of the dead depends specifically on the mitzvahs, our work and our efforts in the time of Gaul specifically. So the answer is like this. The reason why it has to be done through, through Golos specifically is because the goal of Hashem in making the world 
is that the world itself should be a home for him. And in order that the world itself should be a home for Hashem, you can't just bring godliness from somewhere else and to superimpose it on the world. The world itself has to be part of that. But the problem is, the word world in English, in Hebrew, means concealment, means something that hides godliness. So if the meaning of the word world is concealment, whenever, if you're talking about revelation, concealment are opposites. How is it possible you make the world itself a home for Hashem, when the, even though the purpose of creation indeed is for the sake of the home that Hashem wants to have here, but the definition of the word world, the, the status of world, the existence of world is concealment. If world means concealment, even though its purpose is, is for revelation, but it is concealment, how can, how can the world ever be a home for Hashem? You could say the world could break, and then Hashem's presence could be revealed here, but how can you say the world itself could be a home for Hashem? That, that the home should be, the world should contain it. The, the word world, as it is a world, should be, be able to absorb balance. So, Hashem built into the, into the mechanics of the world this idea that, this phenomena, that the greater the darkness is, the more there is a revelation of essence. Which means, this gives an analogy of putting your feet into hot water. That it's easier to put your feet into hot water than it is to put your head into hot water. Why? Because your feet are the least sensitive. And therefore, since it's the least sensitive, therefore your will is more revealed in your feet, and you, their feet are, are more obedient, so to speak, than your head. Your head is more sensitive. Um, the best relationship to the is after a fall. After a fall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sushi. <laughs> so, so um, when the heart and mind are revealed in generations where Jews had great hearts and minds, so you don't see so much the core of the neshama. You see their love for Hashem, their reverence for Hashem. You see their understanding. You see the way they, the books that they wrote and the way that they served Hashem. We can't imagine. But on the other hand, in generations where there's such darkness and such confusion, you see more of the Jewishness. You see more of the devotion of the essence of a Jew to Hashem. Because they don't have the light, because they don't have the, the love and the reverence. So what are they doing it for? They're doing it because the essence of a Jew is, is connected to the essence of Hashem. So that means Hashem made the world itself to be in, in the mechanics of the world, the world is built in such a way that concealment causes revelation. The, the more the concealment is, the more the revelation of essence. And therefore, it's not that the time of Golis or the world itself is only concealment. On the contrary, Hashem made the world to be in a way that concealment brings revelation. <clears throat> and therefore, when we talk about the mitzvahs we do during Golis specifically, they have an advantage. Why do they have an advantage? Because these mitzvahs done during Golis draw on the essence of the Nisham. And therefore, the, it's specifically the mitzvahs that we do during Golis that bring godliness into the world itself, that the world itself could be home for Hashem. That's also the reason that it mentions that uh, in Pasha Shemini, it talks about non-kosher animals. Non-kosher animals represent the times of exile. If Shemini is about revelation, Hashem revealed himself, and then the whole Pasha is about all these non-kosher stuff. The answer is, is that all, only in the time of non, when non-kosher stuff is going on, only when non-kosher stuff is going on, can you connect to Hashem's essence. When non-kosher stuff is going on, you don't like it, and I don't like it, but when that's happening, can you connect to the Abishra from your essence? So, that... Yeah. Like taking you to the cliff, that brings out essence. It's when everything is concealed and everything doesn't seem to be going in the right way on a revealed level, 
that oh. you bring up this deeper level of essence. So I think for, for that point you just made, the Rebbe says the next point over here. The, Rebbe, the previous Rebbe said that in Lubavitch, there was a chassid that used to be very excited about the parables in Chassidus. Not the analog, just the parable. He used to love the, the examples Chassidus gave. So an older chassid told, told this guy who loved the parables, why are you so excited about the parable? Why don't you go to where the parable is supposed to bring you? So the Rebbe said, it's obvious we're not supposed to be so excited about the darkness. Rather, we're supposed to be excited about breaking the darkness. And through breaking the darkness and transforming the darkness, we're able to connect to God's essence. So although the revelation of Hashem's essence will be Mashiach will come, however, in the time of Golos, we don't see it. But when Mashiach comes, it's just going to reveal what we did today. Drawing down God's essence, that happens now. Not when Mashiach comes. It happens now. It happens during the time of Golos. And therefore, the main virtue of serving Hashem is specifically during Golos. And through this, we connect to God's essence. So now we can explain the virtue of Parshas Para, how that surpasses Parshas Achedash. Although Parshas Para is talking about the opposite of purity, someone who has touched a dead body, and it's only preparation for Parshas Achedash, which talks about the Paschal Lamb. And Parshas Achedash seems to be like the, the best Torah portion, the Paschal Lamb, time of redemption, you know, that's great stuff. Nevertheless, it's this, the, the distinction between Parshas Para and Parshas Achodesh is similar to the distinction between the time of exile, which is connected to the negative, and it's only preparation for redemption, and yet, where is it? The great virtue, the great virtue is in time of the exile specifically, because then only then can we draw down God's essence. So now we can understand why there's a greater joy connected to the coming of Mashiach in Parshas, from the essence of the Neshama, that happens specifically because it's Parshas Para. Because in Parshas Para, there's an emphasis on getting rid of the negativity, fighting with negativity, and revealing God's essence. And so, in Parshas Para, we already have a, a, a we're able already to, so to speak, download God's essence, although it's still concealed. Um, and as we said earlier on, in the Fabrengan never said that sometimes your heart feels things that your mind does not yet know. So, so to Parshas Para, which is dealing with all the negative things and tshuva and, and rectifying and, and, and going away from the negative. So, although it seems like a very like dreary kind of concept, yet there is a great joy in Parshas Para that you don't have in Parshas Achedesh. The great joy in Parshas Para is, it seems, is in the fact you're connecting to Hashem's essence because you are, um, you're, 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 it's probably not relevant, but. Um, there was a chassid, his name was Chol Tailabam. And he was in an audience with the Rebbe, and he told the Rebbe he wants to memorize Mishnayis. And the Rebbe said, and he told the Rebbe he wants to memorize Mishnayis Kodshim, because the Rebbe writes in Terah Er, in the Maimar Vayadarta, the great virtue of memorizing Kodshim. And the Rebbe said, Kodshim means holiness, Tare means purity. The Rebbe said, Kodshim, Tares. You're learning about holiness, learn about purity. So, I have no idea what that, why that's true, but in my in my Neanderthal head, it's like you're talking about being holy. Let's talk about being pure first. To talk about about being holy, but here the Rebbe is saying a similar concept that in the idea of going out of the negative, there's something which is higher than all the holiness. All the when there is overt revelation of Parshas Achedesh, that's great. But where where is that redemption happening? The redemption is happening in Parshas Parah. Redemption is happening in connecting to God's essence, just like Mashiach's coming. Mashiach's coming is coming today. 
if, even if Mashiach doesn't come today, he's, his coming is connected to what we're doing today. That's what Mashiach is about. When Mashiach actually comes, he's going to reveal what happened, what happened yesterday. So the saint never concludes like this. This idea is also connected to Gashmisik of things. To our children, where did your child go, go just now? To our children, to our health, and to our, to our livelihood. Even if sometimes there are some things that conceal brachas for your children, your health, and your panasa, don't get affected. You have to know that afterwards, and through going through whatever you're going through, things will get much, much better and much higher. And more, when things are still hidden, you can already be happy. You could be just like we said before that the the simcha the geula the redemption of Mashiach itself is caused by today. Today we're already drawing down God's essence. So to in, in, in regarding all physical brachas and stuff, even though you haven't had it, you don't see yet how what you're going through now is going to lead to something greater. But your heart already should know this. Okay, I won't go say examples. The examples will, will lose us. If someone's talking about the, about the hardship they had going through yesterday, you know, but. But imagine if they knew that this hardship was going to bring them to something greater afterwards. They already feel happiness already now. Main thing is like this, the Rebbe says. The heart refers to our Rebbeim. They're the heart of the Jewish people. And through our Rebbeim, through the heart of the Jewish people, all divine flow comes down to the world. It goes from a state of being hidden to being revealed. So all matters of children and health and parnasa, both spiritual children, Spiritual children means our love and reverence for Hashem, because love and fear are a product of our meditation. Our, our health refers to our life in, in, in our excitement in serving Hashem. And our study of Torah is called our food, because Torah becomes, nourishes the soul. Mitzvahs are called the clothing for the soul. And our children and our health and our panasa in the physical sense, physical children, and healthy, being alive and healthy, and having ample panasa. All those things, you can already rejoice about them and know that, you, that, that whatever, whatever you're going through, even though it may be difficult right now, you should know that it says just like we know about exile, the exile precedes redemption. And the only reason, the only way to get to redemption is through the exile. So too, when you're going through something, a hard time, you have to know that it says that, that afterwards and through the hard time you're going through is going to be higher. And therefore, should we rejoice now while you're going through the hard time? help us. Today's day of We should, uh, we, we've already been through enough hard times. We should dive in that today we shall see the Gumitza Hashem through Mashiach Tzakein. Machayim Machayim Averacha. Amen. Chani Amagel. As a Geshmak, a little Mikvah day in Israel. Today's the day. It's not just in Israel. Not just in Israel. It's also in Maple. Machayim. Good day.